0: Hi Chris, how are you? Good evening Rod. Yeah, I'm okay. I've survived torrential rain, thunder and lightning, severe weather warning according to my iPhone yesterday.
1: You stick in with that, you're not know, in carrot weather.
0: I actually quite like the weather app, I've come around to it. I did play with carrot weather for a while but now the weather app's on the iPad, it's on the phone, I'm quite, quite happy with it. I think to be fair Hannibal and Apple have cannibalised that area of the market for me.
1: That's an interesting Freudian slip there. Yeah, Hannibal. Ap- Apple. Have they eaten our face? Is that what's going on here? They've eaten the weather market, I think. They have. Uh, that's an interesting segue, actually. We could fire straight into follow-up. and uh, It was a little further down for follow-up, but we can talk about it now. Um, Carrot, the weather app, has been updated for all of the new things, but particularly on your phone, and it can now use the um, own voice recording thing. The Voice Saver thing that was uh, announced as a, a usability upgrade, or certainly a sort of an affordance for people who may have have extra needs um, within that, so Carrot can use yours rather than the robot voice. I had a quick look at this link in the show notes earlier. You need to record 150 phrases um, for in order for it to use your own voice. So I didn't do that. I might have a look at that in the future, but Carrot can now use not just the robot voice, but any of the old classic ones from macOS or others too. So quite a cool update.
0: Would you want the weather or anything in your own voice? It's like having Siri talk to you in your own voice. I'd find it a little disconcerting.
1: I just i am curious to try it from a machine learning point of view, that it's all kept on device, or at least Apple will let you share it amongst your Apple devices anyway. So I think it could be interesting. I don't know if I've got the patience to sit and record 150 phrases though.
0: Yeah, and if it's on device, and if you were getting a new iPhone soon, would you have to then re-record it?
1: That's a good question. If it lets you share between devices, then presumably it can go on your Mac as well. But I, don't, you're quite right. I don't know if I want my voice as the system voice. Yeah, I'd find it a bit
0: weird. I don't like my voice anyway. I hate listening to myself when I listen back to the podcast each week, which you torturously make me do.
1: Well, I think fair is fair. If I've got to do it when I'm editing it, I think you should have to go through the pain
0: too. Yeah, your voice is better than mine. You're, very much, you're better at enunciation and pronunciation.
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, we could come back to the whole Goldfinger thing. Listening to a Scottish person back to themselves always makes me think of Sean Connery. And, you know, your plans for world domination are sadly mistaken, Mr. Goldfinger. I hear a lot of that when I'm doing it. Do people not love Sean Connery, though? Some people love Sean Connery. I think in his later years, he may have had some questionable um, things said about him. As has Russell Brand recently, actually, if you keep up with the news, that uh, I think there's a, a certain assumption amongst male actors, comedians, celebrities that occasionally is for the worst, and I'm not, I'm, I'm generalising there. Obviously, it doesn't apply to all people, but uh, it's not a great look.
0: It's not a good look. And actually, interesting, you bring up Russell Brand because uh, my son, who's twelve, recently had an iPhone, and I was installing some on his iPhone for him at the weekend, and I was like, "Why has he got Russell Brand on a, on a widget on his home screen?" And it's from Apple News. He's got the Apple News widget there. And I was like, Apple know that he's only 12 years old. Why are they showing him a news article about the things that Russell brand has been up to? I just thought, come on now, that's an easy win, surely. Like, don't show articles that have got these references in it.
1: Like, I mean, it's, it's interesting.
0: You, do you know what I mean, though? Whether it's sex or paedophilia or whatever it may be. Or like, kids don't need to see that at 12. Come on.
1: They don't, uh, and everybody everybody is innocent until proven guilty. And you know, you, you, you hope these alleg you hope incorrect. They might not be. You know, you've got to get, give the balance to, to to everybody. People in the media spotlight are, are often accused of these things, as you know, a number of radio uh, one and two DJs were, and people are found to be innocent. So you know, I think the balance of truth needs to be with the judicial system, and you know, just not trial by media. Uh, you hope there's nothing in it. At the same time, if he has been behaving in that way, then you hope the, the, the appropriate justice is applied to such things. So it's it's tricky, isn't it?
0: Yeah, uh, I will be a bit sad if it is true, because I listened to him recently on Diary of a CEO podcast, and I thought he came across really well on it, and I was quite interested. It's something I don't really know a huge amount about. And then this has obviously come out less than a month later, or whatever it may be, and it's not good.
1: Yeah I mean again trial by media we're going to talk about it now as I've started it I think but um, the interaction he had with Jonathan Ross and Andrew Sachs where they left voice uh, messages for Andrew Sachs as somebody who had dementia the actor that played Manuel sort of 10 or 15 years ago now possibly a little bit longer that got Jonathan Ross removed from the BBC as well and he came out of that not looking great but not Brilliant, either, frankly. So I thought that was a very bad misstep. It certainly didn't make me have any respect for Jonathan Ross as a, as a consequence. But I don't know. You know, we've got we've got to let things take its turn and the investigations to happen. You know, the BBC one and the Channel Four one, and then you know, presumably the Metropolitan Police have reopened things too. But it's it's interesting these trials by media, particularly trials by social media as well. So yeah, it is vaguely in our wheelhouse, but uh, not exactly what we'd normally talk about.
0: No, we have segued a little bit. If i we get back on to follow up and i I don't think we said at the top of the show but it is episode 86 and it is the 18th of september so properly to follow up, we've obviously touched on carrot weather now that the ios 17 is out and i think we're going to touch a bit more on ios 17
1: in a minute yeah so uh, first things first we talked about it last week did you order anything
0: i flip-flopped a lot as you know because i texted you a little bit about it and i was going to get myself a iPhone 15 Pro Max and then I was going to get a regular one then I wasn't going to buy one I thought no I'll save the money and then I flip-flopped and in the end I went and ordered one because I thought why not I've sold lots of tech this year there's nothing else good coming out and I really fancied it so I've gone for the iPhone 15 Pro regular size in white with 256 gig of storage because that's what I've got now. And that feels like a good amount for me because I do catch quite a lot of music and some photos and some TV shows and movies and stuff. So I'm happy with what I've done. I will be gutted I haven't got the better camera, but I don't really want a bigger phone. I want a lighter phone, which is my main impetus for buying it is I really want something light in
1: my pocket. So that's what I'm looking forward to. No, I think that's reasonable. I also ordered exactly what I said I was going to, I think, 256 gig uh, iPhone Pro Max in natural. I sat, I got to say, I did not like the experience of the Apple pre-order system at all. It didn't really work for me. So I was encouraged in the Apple Store app to go and do my pre-order, which I did. And I put in the exact phone. I did Swither a couple of times, frankly, because I was originally going to go blue. I thought I've already got a blue phone. Then I saw people talking about the natural color. So I went for the natural color. Fine fine with a case which i've actually got the case you know i'll I'll hold it up to the camera so chris can see my fine woven i think i kept calling it fire woven last week fine woven case which is in top Mm. which is brown
0: (laughs) it looks like the same color as what your iphone's gonna be
1: yeah so which is why i went for that the other colors weren't great i gotta say the colors as we said last week are, are not great but for the case to come the next day felt like a stick in the eye when, as I was saying, the actual app itself seemed to fold completely for the UK. I could see American people on Mastodon getting their orders in really, really quickly. And then people in the UK struggled. So mine is scheduled to come between the 2nd and the 9th of October, which is slightly annoying. But I also wonder if it's slightly to do with the colour I ordered, that maybe everybody was going for the natural colour.
0: Yeah, I did wonder that. A lot of podcasts I listen to, they all like the sound of the natural colour. I really flip-flopped on it. And I nearly went with that. But I thought, actually, no, I really like the white on my phone. And I didn't want to draw a lot of attention to the fact I bought a new phone. So I thought I'd just get the same color again because I I do like the white. I wish I did a bit more with it. But it is what it is. But I've also found my case for my iPhone 14 Pro, and I'm curious to know whether it will fit the 15 when it comes. I believe it will be too big because it's marginally smaller, but I thought I'd try it anyway. But one way Apple could help save the planet a little bit is by not changing the dimensions by a millimetre every other year. Because sometimes they move the buttons around or the size of the camera. And I think that is it is wasteful, isn't it, to be fair?
1: Yep, I'd agree. I mean, I will say, I don't think Apple's cases are always the best made anyway. I find that the silicone ones, they flake, bits come off the back of them. And if you get the leather ones, not that they make leather ones anymore, wet at all, then they sort of come adrift as well. And, you know, as I'm holding this fine woven case, which feels like quite like suede, I've got to say, is sort of the feeling from it. Unlike the smooth thing in metal, it doesn't look like it, but you do get a sort of slight suedey feeling sensation to it from its vegan leather or whatever it's actually made from. It doesn't feel very well made i got to say, you know, it feels quite, I don't know, I'll hold up to the microphone and tap it. It doesn't sound, I'll see. I may end up back with Kadabi, which were cheaper anyway, but I've, I've gone for the, Apple, the full Apple experience this time and I eagerly await my phone. Some people have had the shipping notifications, I think. Yeah, so Gruber had some news about the difference between weight and mass for the new phones as well.
0: Yeah, so I thought this was interesting, and it links to an article by somebody called Dr. Drang, who I don't really know much about, you may do, but I've heard of him on a few podcasts. But he actually looked into the, the science of why you might feel that the phone is actually lighter than it is. So the phones, the new phones are sort of 9 to 10% lighter, one of my big reasons for ordering. And he reckons it's because of the edges and the size of the unit. That that's why it's a lot lighter than, than what you might expect, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it does. I am quite curious to see that because having had the same phone for the three generations, we've talked before about how it's felt increasingly top-heavy with the camera, sort of bump and and the the increase in lenses and the size of the lenses and the stabilization and blah, 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 and all the stuff that's built into them. So I'm quite curious to genuinely see if I notice a difference.
0: Yeah, and, and like I say, my main reason for ordering was the weight of the phone which why I didn't go for the Pro Max. I nearly went for the Pro Max, like I say, for the camera, but it was then I was like, no, I want the smallest lightest phone I can have. I don't know why, but I think if they made a Mini, I would have probably come around to ordering the Mini this time.
1: I, I, I get it. I mean, I, I seriously thought about changing down to the smaller phone myself, just because to have something different, I've had the same size phone for three generations, which is a bit boring, really. But the 5 times zoom was the thing that brought me... And, of course, the bigger phone's got a bigger battery, and that's really, really useful. And a bigger screen. That too, for my failing old eyes, yeah.
0: The, the screen was the thing I was thinking about. I, was like, I wasn't so fussed, fussed about the battery, but it's like actually the screen. I wouldn't mind that. But in the end, I think I'm pleased with my choice. I will let you know.
1: Fair enough. You've got a note here about iPhone 14 Pro camera improvements.
0: Ah, yes. So one thing that was detracts me from ordering, actually, was the iPhone 14 with the iOS um, 17 release candidate actually has the upgrade on it so that... I don't need to put it into raw mode to use the full 48 megapixel sensor. I can use the HEIF mode, which is the, I guess, Apple, I don't know if it's Apple's proprietary, but the more modern way of take, capturing photos, but it will now use the 48 full 48 megapixels, whereas before it wouldn't. So that is an optimization they've done for the new iPhones, but they've also backported it to mine, which is unlike Apple and does make me think that the camera improvements aren't going to be that big for me this year as I'm staying with the same size phone.
1: No, I think that's fair enough and and well done. Like you say, it's slightly unusual for them to give you an improvement to your camera from the previous generation phone. There we go. I think that's us for follow-up. Should we dive into news?
0: Yeah, sorry. We went a bit long then.
1: That's all right. We We can try and rattle through the news quite quickly. We always say that and we never do. So the news, iOS 17, iPadOS 17, macOS Sonoma, tvOS 17 and watchOS 10 all released, right? And? Did I miss one? Did you say HomePods? I didn't say home. Who cares about HomePod?
0: Uh, well, I have a note. So my HomePods, my original HomePods came out in 2017. And I was I wondering, mean, are they going to get the update? Are they not going to get the update? You know what? They got the update. So 2017 to 23. So what's that? A good six years. They've had software updates, which I think is pretty good for Apple, to be fair to them. I know they did sell them for a long time, but I was surprised it got the uh, iOS 17 rounds of updates. So that's installing as we speak.
1: And of course, I left out your wonderful screen. I was going to mention it, but I thought I'd leave it.
0: Uh, the screen <laughs> is worth updating, though, for people out there if you have one, because I think the screen then means you can do the reactions and the better effects both on uh, Mac OS and on iPad OS. So the screen update is definitely worth it. You just need to plug your Mac in, and it will download the the firmware update for that.
1: Fair enough. So we've posted uh, links to the various Six Colours uh, reviews. There's also Federici, Federico Vatici's review as well, which is always a monster uh, that might be worth looking at, which we haven't linked to, but if Chris reminds me, I'll try and remember to pop in the show notes as well.
0: I think you'll find I've done it. So the Six Colour ones are quite good, they're quite brief, whereas the Max Stories one is, as Rod says, a monster. It's very long, but very in-depth, and there's some good bits to pick out there. I haven't read them all because they got posted just before we started recording.
1: Yeah, John Syracuse used to do the macOS one, and I'd always make an effort to read that because he was extremely thorough.
0: Yeah, and sometimes you do pick up something, even though like we've been using the Betas all summer, that, oh, I didn't realise that was in there. So they are really good for that if you really want to delve into the changes.
1: Yeah, and one thing I picked up looking at the easy reviews as we did is that apparently iOS 17 has some new ringtones.
0: But everybody just puts their phone on silent. I can not believe this. I found this really bizarre.
1: It is a strange thing to do. They try and sell you a watch so your phone doesn't ring so much. Some people do like the phones to make noise, though.
0: Yeah, my son does, actually. It's quite interesting having a 12-year-old in the house with a phone as he doesn't always put it on mute. But obviously Apple probably got data on this, so they know how many people like a ringtone. So maybe it's yeah. worth them investing the effort.
1: So if you do happen to visit your phone's sounds app, you've got now got... Reflection, which is the default the one it has been for a while, arpeggio, breaking, canopy, chalet, chirp, daybreak, departure, dollop, journey, kettle, and many others. I had a quick blast through them. They sounded fairly average to me, and I quickly put my phone back on silent.
0: Yeah, I'm a mute person, so not for me.
1: Yeah, there we go. Moving on. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we were talking about the UK government's... Um, improvements, enhancements to its investigatory powers act, how they were going to lock down security updates and patches from companies like Apple and Microsoft, they'd want to review them first to look for backdoors. And the iMessage, WhatsApp and others uh, were caught in a two factor encryption thing. The government has backed down on this in the UK. They're not going to try and... Well, the ban remains in law. They they don't want strong encryption, but they will continue to look for ways to get around it effectively. But they acknowledge that they can't enforce this at the moment. So that's not a complete climb down in the law, but it's an acknowledgement of something that we're never going to win on.
0: It's good they've climbed down and not tried to pursue it any further. I mean, it had already gone too far in my opinion, but it's great
1: they've stopped now, I think. So that's good news for Apple and others and actually anybody who's interested in privacy and security and keeping your bank details safe and all the rest of it in our worlds of leaking voter electoral rolls and, and all the rest of it but in slightly worse news to Apple. It's sort of a brewing storm about the iPhone 12 which you know I'm sure if they could have picked the timing of this the week of the iPhone 15's release isn't it. France last week announced that, in France at least, the iPhone 12 was putting out too much radiation over what was considered to be a safe level within France. And a couple of other countries have followed suit, actually. So Belgium they have are going to review the risks too. And Apple have made a statement on this, but um, if it hits one EU country, it's going to hit them all.
0: Yeah, I would have thought so. I was a little concerned to read this because I've just given my 12-year-old son an iPhone 12. Um, and do you know what, our phone of choice is at my company, it's iPhone twelves and we have well over a thousand of these things. So when this came out I was a little concerned personally and and for my colleagues and actually a couple of colleagues did reach out and go, Should we be worried about this? But Apple are gonna fix it in software? And I pulled so Rod just pulled a face for be listening and I pulled the same face. How do you fix radiation in software?
1: I guess you just turn down the the transmission power Is the only thing you can do. You sort of tweak it down. But that implies to me that it was wrong. Is is
0: this an issue, though, is my question? Is this radiation gate? Is it an actual issue? And I don't know the answer. Is there a problem here?
1: There's a bunch of stuff here, isn't there? I mean, A presumably apple hit all the various international guidelines for this that had to go through eu testing uh, fcc i think it is in the states for various radiation levels and it's absorbed radiation i think i forget what it's called it's sfa or something like that is the acronym for it and apple their statement says the phone which launched in 2020 was certified by multiple international bodies as compliant with global radiation standards that provided several apple uh, and third-party lab results proving the phone's compliance to the french agency and it was contesting the findings so apple's saying no But then they released a software update, which makes you think, so are they dialing it down even further or was there actually a problem here?
0: And Why has it come out now, three years after the phone was introduced? It all, I don't know, it all smells a bit fishy.
1: It does a bit. So we'll keep an eye on this story, I think. Uh, It'll be be in the media anyway because everybody loves a gate of some sort from Apple and, you know, radiation gate is a particularly contentious one. I mean, I remember mobile phones being released back in the day and people being very worried about how much radiation they put out with your car-sized battery as you walked around with your mobile phone. And they did put out a lot of radiation in the original sort of... They were analogue. digital. The move to digital in cell phones was a big deal. So, yeah, worth keeping an eye on.
0: Yeah, it's all a bit odd. I'm curious to see what this software fix does. And I did promise my colleagues at work, if there is a fix out in the UK, we will be deploying it to everybody's device.
1: But you'd have to wouldn't you i think apple it would be in apple's interest to get it out as quickly as possible 3
0: it's all a bit weird but when did apple first find out about this though is what i'd like to know what's the timeline of events is it really three years and nothing's happened or is it only just come to light in recent months
1: yeah, interesting. Moving on, we talked about this two weeks ago before the the main before the event last week on why are Google, uh, sorry, not Google, why are Twitter and Apple still so close together? And Tim Cook in a little interview, somebody asked him, you know, why have you got such a relationship with Twitter? And Tim Cook just says it's where the eyeballs are. It's a marketplace. Uh, sorry, it's it's a town square type thing where people are. So that's why we're continuing to use it. I don't feel that's a very good justification.
0: It's not. I read this. I thought, oh, great, we're going to get a really good answer. And he just said, he doesn't obviously go with the anti-Semitism there. There's no place for it. And are you constantly evaluating? And Tim Cook goes, yes, we are constantly asking ourselves a question. So it was a bit of a politician's answer, if I'm honest.
1: Well, he's CEO of of a company that's got a bigger gross domestic product, effectively, than most of the countries in the world, I think. So I'm not surprised he gives a politician's answer to these things. But I... Disag- I disagree with his justification, as do you. I think yeah. a company like Apple, with their standards, should come down a lot harder on what's going on within sorry X at this point.
0: You'd like to think Apple have got a good moral compass. Show me your moral compass, please. Also, yeah. how many news articles have you read where they all go on platform X (brackets formerly Twitter), whereas yeah. it's really bizarre. Whereas nobody really did that for Meta, I don't think. Whereas nobody really knows what X is. It's really bizarre. Oh.
1: I wonder if the, the, the person in the street really knows that Facebook is meta though, or do they just keep using Facebook? So you and I know.
0: Do you know what I think actually most people do? I think the meta rebrand was one of the better ones I've seen. The alphabet one, nobody knew about that, nobody understands it, but actually the meta one I think worked very well because it says it on all the apps, they did it in one go, they had a plan. The X one has just been a poop show for want of a better word, I think. And I think alphabets was just a nothing thing
1: fair play okay again another one just to keep an eye on really um moving on i just thought that this was a cool little story about do you want your bike tires to be made out of a metal a new nasa sort of uh, finding for a, a it's a titanium polymer i think is what it is amazing looking thing not rubber anymore
0: uh, this is ideal can i have this what a tire that
1: doesn't need inflating tick if you give them five hundred dollars as a kickstarter you, then you absolutely can
0: less keen now
1: yeah, they weigh 450 grams with an equivalent size of 700 by 35 uh, centimeters. Are DIY easy to install onto the most common road or gravel bike rims? That's ten times the price of a good bicycle tire. But uh, it looks fascinating.
0: Yeah, no, this looks great. This is like looks a cool piece of science. I really like it.
1: Yeah, despite being memory metal in construction, the tires do provide grip thanks to integrated all-weather tread. So they even grippy there You're not just gonna slide off the road.
0: Yeah, I think this is cool.
1: It is cool. Uh, there's a little a video from The Verge attached as well that might well be worth a watch to show how they return the, retain their shape and everything. But yeah, cool technology coming out. And I suppose less rubber is probably quite a good thing in these times of climate change.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's true. And it's nice to see something different. Do you know what I mean? Like well, we don't often see something different come out like this. I quite like it.
1: Yeah, I mean, Velcro was from the space program, wasn't it, famously? <laughs> what an invention. So, you know, bike tires, why not?
0: You never know; might catch on. But imagine if you had tires like this, with uh, you didn't need to inflate on your car.
1: Would be pretty cool. I imagine you have a chunk taken out of them, though. It's got to be. It's going to be expen- even more expensive for your Bugatti Veyron or whatever tires. I'm sure you can afford it if you've got a Veyron. Yeah, if you have to ask, you can not afford it. Moving on, a, t- a titan of presentations has died. So, the co-creator of PowerPoint, Dennis Austin, died at the age of 76. Imagine the office workplace without PowerPoint
0: yeah and i'm somebody that loves powerpoint i do a lot of work in powerpoint it's my way of getting ideas down or taking somebody on a journey i love this piece of software I'm, I'm disappointed the article doesn't show what powerpoint looked like in version one because do you know what it's probably not a million miles from where we are today it's kind of the same with excel and word i think the the basic concepts have remained the same i know the the chrome around the edges has changed, you know, the iconography, the tools, the functions. But actually the concepts are probably very similar to what it was 30-odd years ago. I can make some slides and I can put some text on a slide. I can move from A to B. I'm sure there's whizzier animations. And to be fair to Microsoft, they've added lots of icons and stock photography. But that's just more stuff around the fringes, whereas I actually reckon the basic concept, they probably nailed it very early on. Like I said, I think Word, Excel and PowerPoint are clear Clear visions that that have stayed through the thirty-year lifespan.
1: Yeah, and they've definitely had impact. We've said before the, the U.S. military—that's how they do their daily briefing to the soldiers. They get PowerPoint out. They do all their tactical plans on PowerPoint. It's really ubiquitous within the business world, and and obviously without that as well. But just to throw a counter argument out there. Apparently, Steve Jobs was quoted as saying, "People who know what they're talking about don't need PowerPoint." So uh, just just as a sort of counter argument.
0: No, I get it. I'd love to go to a meeting there where I haven't got something to look at. Do you know what I mean? I love a meeting where you've, you've got some slides just to give you structure. And yeah, we can go off in tangents, but I like a set of slides just to give us a structure and hit the points,
1: if that makes sense. Yep, fair play. Anyway, goodbye the co-creator of PowerPoint. You've, you have you definitely made a dent in the planet.
0: Yeah, and I wonder, same with the person who came up with Excel, did they know that 37 years later it's still going to be used in so many companies and is you know widely used tool you know and a very generic format it's, it's quite interesting isn't it
1: yeah true uh whatsapp is partly working on cross-platform messaging so this is the eu we're saying that all providers over a certain size and i forget the exact size you know so many million users would have to make their apps cross-platform we talked about this two weeks ago in the light of apple saying that they wouldn't they weren't big enough to have make this change within their app but Fair enough. Meta have actually made this, are attempting to make this change and are starting to build in the first cross-platform thing. So a WhatsApp person could speak to a Signal person, could speak to a Telegram person, presumably.
0: Do you think it's going to work with Apple Messages?
1: Nope. But I know Apple said they weren't big enough, but don't they have to do this? Over a certain scale, they do. I mean, I'm amazed Apple seem to have got away with this so far. So many people use iMessage.
0: Yeah, well, that's Kind of my point i mean it's all i use
1: yeah you are an outlier here though
0: i i'm well aware i'm an outlier I was with some friends at the weekend and they, i think i blew blew people's minds that it wasn't <laughs> on whatsapp
1: yeah I, I i upset people all the time by saying i'm not on whatsapp you can get me on signal but i don't like meta i'm not going on there what is wrong with you just just be normal like other people so yeah i get it i get it i'm also an outlier but at least i give an alternative
0: yeah that is true you do give an alternative you can text me or you can email me pick one
1: I suppose email works everywhere. Anyway, well done, Meta. Uh, you're 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 talking the talk and almost walking the walk, so fair play. A car story. I know you like a car story about BMWs. We talked about this over a year ago, I think at this point, about BMW's plan, or more than a plan. They were charging people a monthly fee to have the heated seats option on their BMW. They've dropped it.
0: I'm not surprised by this, that they've dropped it. I know you can still buy things that you can unlock firmware. You can do it on my I can buy automatic headlights i can buy radar cruise controllers optional extras but it's just a one-off payment i think that's the way the store should go i don't think this is the right way of doing this monthly payment but i kind of get why people might do it because you might just buy it for the cold couple of months if you were, if you couldn't afford it, i guess
1: it feels wrong with the car that you've bought the car with it built into the car i suppose you haven't maybe not spent the extra 800 quid or whatever bmw it to have the seated the heated seating elements there's a tongue twister built into the seats so uh, yeah i just think it feels very nickel and dimey. and to be clear tesla do the same thing if i want the updated acceleration option for my car because i didn't buy the performance pack i can spend eight grand and get that or i can have the autopilot thing the full autopilot thing for i think it's 15 grand these days as an in-app purchase on my
0: that's quite an in-app purchase. I mean, I bulked at the 200 quid for auto-switching headlights and 800 quid for the radar cruise control.
1: Yeah, it's it's quite an in-app purchase. Needless to say, I haven't done either.
0: The only thing I kind of like with it, like, if you get the car, and you you know, you, you hit a price point to buy the car. But then maybe a year later, actually, do you know what? I wouldn't mind to splurge a £1,000 and get a couple of add-ons for it without actually having to replace the car. I can kind of see the appeal.
1: But... 18 quid per month for heated seats. Yeah, that's That's insane. (laughs) It's absolutely rubbish. So well done, BMW, but wake up. Come on, you can't get away with this kind of stuff. You're not a software developer.
0: Yeah, they shouldn't have gone anywhere near that, to be fair, I think.
1: They absolutely shouldn't. So next, two stories about Microsoft. Uh, Again, I genuinely don't just look for Microsoft bashing stories. The first one being that uh, Microsoft has exposed 38 terabytes of secrets via GitHub, so this is a story on the register, a worker has exposed 38 terabytes of sensitive data in GitHub Blunder includes secrets, private keys, passwords, 30,000 plus internal Teams messages. Considering the ransomware attack we were talking about two weeks ago, I think this is very bad timing.
0: Wow, that's awful. Yeah, um, And is that Microsoft Secrets?
1: I presume so. Well, GitHub, whatever was on GitHub. Wow, okay. Yeah, really, really not a good look for Microsoft, and we've I have messed up. We've had a lot sorry. of data leaks lately from Microsoft as well, from everywhere. Yeah, well, there's more computers. There's people being less careful. Uh, you know, it's GitHub particularly is people pushing things to it, pulling you know, you're in a branch. You're doing this. Who knows how secret something actually is on there? You know, your internal team, have you pushed it to the external branch on that? It could be quite complicated. I find GitHub perplexing, I must say. I don't use it heavily, but, you know, what's a push, what's a pull, what's a fork, what's that, you know, all these kinds of stuff. And then if you've got more than one branch in your external, internal, you get Teams channels, you've got all these kinds of things, you post a link somewhere, it could be very easy to make this kind of mistake.
0: Yeah, but this, this one sounded more like somebody... Oh, I accidentally exposes 38 terabytes. Apologies. Yeah, okay. Wow. I
1: thought it was malicious for a moment. Apologies. No, it's it's an accident. And, and that's a real problem, isn't it? Yeah,
0: no, that's not good. And you shouldn't be able, like one person shouldn't be able to do that. You you need checks and balances in place, really.
1: Yeah, which isn't GitHub, is it? I don't know if you've pushed much code to GitHub, but, you know, it's it's the thought of a second just to push your update and out it goes. And if you're not really paying attention to that, you could be, well, obviously you're in trouble.
0: Yeah, this is case in point. It's not a good thing because surely companies using GitHub will go, hang on a minute, could we be at risk of doing this?
1: Yeah. And this tells neatly into a second story from the register from earlier in the week. And I quite like the, the headline, Microsoft recently busted by Beijing. So this is the hack we were talking about before thinks it's across China's ever-changing cyber offensive. So Microsoft, which earlier this week admitted to not being able to detect a Chinese attack on its own infrastructure, has published a report, Digital Threats from East Asia, Increase in Breadth and Effectiveness. So in this report, they're saying that they've kind of got a handle on this. They absolutely clearly don't have a handle on this.
0: Yeah, it's not, again, no good look. And I can only imagine what Microsoft's cyber world looks like. It's going to be a complex beast, isn't it?
1: It is, and you think China particularly is pushing forward. I think it's called Kylin, its own version of Linux, to sort of across well across the country rather than Windows because of the attack surface and the state can control it and etc. and etc. Et but China used to be so embedded in Microsoft operating systems, and even they are now beginning to look elsewhere for it. And we see the increase, you know, the, the restrictions on Apple devices. I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. In government agencies, they're not allowing employees to come into the building with iPhones. So I just see you're seeing increasing dependence or, or, or lack of dependence on Western operating system devices, methods, and, and modes, and for pushing forward your own agenda on that, which I can understand.
0: Yeah, you're going very state-controlled there, aren't you? you know, you've know, you got to have our OS. Have they got their own modern? Have they got their own mobile OS, I was going to say?
1: Yeah, I think they do. So, you know, Huawei and others have their own variants of, of, you know, of Android, Android open source project that they can be built on top of others. So, of course, they do.
0: Wow. I mean, I can't even imagine living in that world. Well,
1: I'm sure that here to North Korea, it's probably quite free. (laughs) Fair point. Thank you very much. Yeah, so uh, sorry to bash on Microsoft again, but I will cover Apple security mistakes. So I think it's only fair we cover Microsofts, and just all keep an eye on how impactful these things can be, because most people have got a, an Outlook account for their Xbox, for their Windows machine, for you know, an old Hotmail account, something like that. That's all Microsoft. Mm. They push towards OneDrive. You've got your Teams account. You know, we've all got our internal Microsoft accounts for these kinds of things. So, just worth keeping in mind in light of the ransomware attack we talked about before.
0: Yeah, no, it's a fair point. Yep,
1: yeah. and sticking to Microsoft we're going to talk about the death of wordpad so for the first time in 40 years windows will ship without a built-in word processor so wordpad was a very basic rich text file type editor that was been built into windows for as long as i can remember actually i think windows 311 maybe came was the first one that came with it i can't remember exactly but wordpad and notepad were two sort of bastions of windows really when you'd always have them there on, on an install
0: yeah, I was thinking about this just at the weekend, so my son's got Windows PC now, and he's got to make a front cover. And I was like, what do we use to make a front cover for his book? I would go and do it in Word or Pages.
1: So did you give him WordPad a thought?
0: I had briefly thought about it, but my son then didn't want to do his homework, so we got no further with it. But I don't know if secondary school children get like Word and PowerPoint Office for free or anything. I don't know how any of that works.
1: And to my knowledge, what they use is the Google Docs suite.
0: Right, okay, so I'll probably need to have a look at some of that.
1: Yeah, so you got an internet browser and off you go.
0: Yeah, it's just interesting. We've had very little from the school to prepare your kids for what they need. We've had to set up this thing called Satchel 1, which tracks all their homework, but they haven't really told us what to do anything in. So, yeah, it's just a bit, I guess, a little frustrating that they haven't told us what they want everybody to use, because I guess they want everybody to use the same thing, you'd have thought?
1: Yeah, it is interesting. Both of my kids tend to default to Google Docs for everything. Yeah, okay, maybe I need to try that. Worth a go. Anyway, the iPhone 15 is apparently cheaper to repair.
0: This is good, and also one of the reasons for my upgrade is because when they were talking about how the iPhone 15, 15, and 15 Pro is assembled, it's using the technique they used last year on the iPhone 14, just the regular model, where the back and the front go in around the inner chassis, I guess it's called, whereas the iPhone... 14 Pro, the one that I've currently got, was not like that. If you wanted to get the front screen, you had to go in through the back or vice versa. And it it wasn't that clever that you could take the front or the back off. So this feels like a no brainer and they should never have done the previous design um, because they also mentioned that the iPhone 15 Pro will have better heat dissipation as well or better thermal control, which is something I'm interested in because my phone is often on fire. So I'm curious to see how this works. But this is a no brainer,
1: surely. Yeah I've I've talked before about my phone getting in overheat mode and saying leave me alone until it calms down with a little red warning triangle but just there's a table in the linked article for the Verge just to count down from the iPhone 12 Pro Max up to the iPhone 15 Pro Max. $499 back glass for the 12 same for the 13. $549 back glass for the 14 Pro Max and down to $199 for the 15 Pro Max far more like it.
0: That is a lot better like well done Apple but do we have to wait 45 years for you to fix this? I, I don't know. I think it went on too long, but I'm
1: glad they're dealing with it. I agree. Well done. Good move. I wonder if the right to repair stuff and sending out toolkits to people had any influence on this.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. It would make sense, isn't it? Shipping those big old cases. If you're going to hit um, net zero in 2030, which isn't that far away, surely this all goes onto your footprint of stuff you're shipping to people. Um, and things you're repairing, this has got to be a
1: no-brainer. You would have thought so, wouldn't? You?
0: And it's got to make their uh, Apple Care program more efficient for them. I'm sure, they save some money that way because they will probably still charge you the same, but their repairs will be a lot cheaper to them internally.
1: Yeah, makes sense. You've got some iPhone, well, Apple event impressions from Marcos Brownley in the show notes.
0: Yeah, what always annoys me every year is when you pre-order, you can't read reviews or see any reviews. But I just thought MKBHD slash Marcus Brownlee had a good event to catch up on. I can't remember if we mentioned it last week but there's then also one bit more in detail about the different colours and, and things that were released which is all filmed there at the Steve Jobs Theatre so I just thought they're really good videos if people want to watch them but hopefully hope there'll be proper reviews coming I guess at some point this week they normally come before the devices ship so I just thought they were well done
1: Yeah, I thought I would think Embargo Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday we might get something Thursday is the most likely Right, okay yeah, we, sh- we shall see. But as usual, Marquez has done a bang up job. You know, he's so professional and his videos look so good. In fact, in one of the videos, he's actually stood where um, Tim Cook was in sort of the weird sort of glass looking part. And there's a bunch of chainsaws going off behind him. They obviously shut everything up for Tim, but not for Mar- Marquez.
0: Oh, yeah, and the cool park bit outside. It did look quite neat, actually.
1: It did. Apple iPhone will have external display support thanks to USB C.
0: Yeah, so I'm kind of interested in this. I was like, can I just take my iPhone to the office, plug it into my desk and use my keyboard and mouse? Would it be like just having an iPad in you know single app mode? I mean, this chip that's coming is going to have eight gigabytes of RAM in it, which is what you'd get in most iPads anyway. Probably even less in the majority there out in the, the wild. So could I use my iPhone like that? I know it'd only work in mirror mode. I'm a little curious just to see what that's like in a pinch if I'd forgot my iPad. And obviously I'm somebody that uses my iPad. So most of the apps on my iPad are, on my I- you know, are the same ones on my iPhone. I guess the only problem is you're just magnifying up the resolution. But it kind of goes back to that point of why did Apple ever split out iOS and iPadOS? Well, now it would make sense that they stay as one. And if you plug your phone in, it maybe goes into an iPad taller mode.
1: Yeah, and Samsung have their DEX mode, which is you basically get a a Linux PC if you plug one of the more professional phones in. So that's good. Let's park this for a minute and we'll revisit it slightly when we get to games because I've got thoughts in this direction as well. Have we got any other news? No, I think that's it. Okay, let's fire on a media and we'll do a quick media section. So Women of the Walls, still on the BBC, still on the iPlayer. I don't suppose you've had a chance to watch it?
0: I have not. I often forget to go to the iPlayer for content and i should get better at this
1: it's very very good thoroughly enjoying it good acting i think if you've got an interest in a, a nice little taut bbc drama with some quite strong irish humor through it as well and the links as far as i'm concerned to the apple tv show bad sisters are there you've got that same sort of brand of humor sort of quite strong within it it's it's worth the watch if you're looking for something like that
0: yeah i must give it a go it's definitely on the list but i have been watching some other recommendations of yours which i'll come to in a minute.
1: Fair enough. Second one, Foundation, Apple TV series, end of season two. What a strong show. Absolutely love it. Looks amazing. Great acting, great scripts. No complaints at all.
0: Yeah, no, it does look really good. I need to go and watch the whole of season one as well. I'm just so far behind. And this is sometimes the problem when you get too far behind with something. The ask then of getting started in it is a lot harder so foundation though does look amazing and i really like the character in it that's from mad men i think he's a really good actor so i do want to watch foundation but i know i need to dedicate some time to it
1: yeah jared harris is fantastic also of chernobyl uh, and others so yeah definitely worth a watch that is the person
0: who i couldn't think of his name thank you yeah
1: um so you've been watching the bear then have you
0: i've watched the whole of the bear season one and season two In what turned out to be a mega binge. I wasn't sure. I texted you when I was about episode two, I think, and said, really not sure. You said get to episode four. I did. I got into it. I still don't see why it's as popular as it seems to be, but I did enjoy it. And I did like how they told story without using words some of the time. You know, I thought they did a good job of bringing you on a journey, but they did it with some montages and I just thought it was very well done. And it was nicely something different. So I actually quite enjoyed it. I enjoyed the subject matter. Would recommend, I think it is a good show. And I've been asking others about it outside of my tech circle, but not a lot of people seem to have heard of it. I, I'm surprised by that, but I actually really enjoyed it. And most of the episodes were quite bite-sized. I think there was one episode in season two where they're basically having a big Thanksgiving meal. And it, for me, that one went on just too long. I didn't enjoy that episode. And it was very different to the rest. And it kind of reminded me a bit of Ted Lasso, where you get like an episode out of context to the rest of the the season if that makes sense and for me that was that episode but the rest of it i thought was fantastic
1: no fair enough i do it's very well done isn't it Uh, and it is quite compelling and i think the 20 minute episodes help they tell a good story the 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 back and forth between the characters feels very realistic you sort of feel very in the moment with them and that's what's compelling about it is it's simple story told very well you know by some very driven people and I quite like the reality of it if that makes sense it's not entirely real but I, I like the reality and I like the feeling around it uh, yeah it got me too I've got four episodes to go with season two I haven't binged it quite as quickly as you but a really good show on Disney plus in the UK and uh, FX and states I think
0: okay I find I'm one of these people that if I get into it I've got to keep up with it otherwise I I'll come back to it a week later and go, oh, I can't remember where I was at or what happened. So I think I just got in the mood for it and watched it and enjoyed it.
1: Fair enough. The Morning Show.
0: And I've also watched The Morning Show, first two episodes that are out for season three. And if any, if you like the previous morning shows, it carries on in the same vein. actually quite enjoying it. And it's very meta, The Morning Show. The last episode was all around covid 19 the previous one was all about the me too movement this one is about a rich billionaire going into space and trying to buy a tv network so i quite like the meta of the, the stories in it and the, the the filmography looks fantastic like the yeah amazing picture quality and this one does have um john Hamm in it again from mad men and i think he's he's a great actor sarah yeah, i'm quite enjoying it like i say similar vein to, to previous morning shows
1: Yeah, it lost me in season one, but I know people really enjoy it. It's just I couldn't get back into it after, I think, the second episode. It lost me.
0: Yeah, I can't explain why I like it, but for some reason I do.
1: Fair enough. Anything else in media?
0: No, I think that's it.
1: I have got one thing. Taskmaster is back in the UK in about 10 days, so that's one to look out for.
0: Uh, Now, that is good to know because we've just... We're just about to finish season 11 of bleeped which is the last bleeped one so we'd have done 11 12 13 14 15 of the bleeped ones and so we're going to be ripe for some new taskmaster fodder if that
1: makes sense it does indeed make sense Okay, moving on from media to games, Uh, just one story that's dominated the news the last few days of your follow the games uh, thing at all is about the makers of the Unity engine. And it's just interesting that this follows what we've seen with Twitter and what we saw with Reddit, where the company in charge of the product decides to move the goalposts entirely of what's going on. So the Unity engine was a, it wasn't an open source engine, but it was a well-regarded engine that had such easy terms of service that you could build a game up to a point where you'd have a decent number of installs or you made a certain amount of money with good thresholds people were comfortable with and before you hit that point it was free so um a lot of games have been built lots of developers were using it to move things forward it's a well-regarded thing and the the developers decided to charge on a per install basis which a they weren't clear how they were going to do but b you can imagine how the market reacted to that and i just wondered if you'd seen the story and Is this what we just see with with big companies that have a point of control these days? Uh,
0: I hadn't seen the story until you posted around it, but I think you are right, though. This is a common occurrence is people build a business and they make it work one way. Other companies build their businesses off of business A and then business A moves the goalposts. And then business B either has to exit the market, pay a big bill or change their, their business model. So I'm not surprised this is happening, but like you say, it seems to be the norm now.
1: It's not really very good, is it? I think, you know, moving things after the fact is difficult. And the developers have started fighting back. And the company themselves have said, actually, they've gone too far and they've been misunderstood, which is what Zoom said when they got held for their AI terms of service, as we recall as well. So they said they're going to be making changes to the policy, but they haven't entirely walked it back. And what this caused, in in the game development world was everybody to start going off and look at open source game engines or writing their own game engines so all unity have done in this case is really badly hurt themselves
0: yeah i think it's good they're listening and they're going to like you say walk some of it back that's got to be the right thing to do
1: yeah so moving on i said i was going to revisit the story a minute ago i tried out call of duty mobile on my ipad um, and I don't know if you'd look. It's a it's a free Invert Comma's game where they want you to buy a sort of a, a, a season pass to it. But actually, it's the most incredible thing in the sense that you can pair it to, in my case, an Xbox controller. And it's all of the old maps of Call of Duty. So if you've ever played any Call of Duty from back in the day, you get entirely the whole thing on your iPad for free.
0: It's amazing. That's pretty good, and I always like a classic sort of game or maps like you say coming coming back to play a game many years later so that sounds quite good actually and like you say with a a controller paired might actually work quite well
1: it works really well on the ipad but it made me think when you were talking about the display connector to your phone you've got quite a powerful console in your pocket where if you can pair a controller to it plug it into your tv and you've got something that's more than good enough to play a quick couple of rounds of call of duty for three or four minutes what's wrong with that
0: and it'll probably have a better graphics processor than my nintendo switch almost certainly mm, could be interesting i i'm interested to see where they go with it but i worry would apple just not do much with it if you know what i mean the external display support will it, it just be a nothing thing if that makes sense but it'd be great to see them actually develop it out
1: yeah i'd go with it anyway i'd encourage you to download it because i know you're such an ipad guy and pair up to you know a playstation controller or something and give it a go okay i will give it a go fair enough there's an update to threes just briefly, so I
0: did take threes off my phone and the other day I was sat down I thought, actually I'm going to just have a couple of goes at threes. I stored on my phone and I just wanted to say, I thrashed my high score, I doubled it and I was so chuffed with myself because I got to the next card in threes because your aim is to to get the highest double card you can get each time and I finally got to the next level which I hadn't done for like two years, like gone any further with it. So I was just
1: chuffed with myself and it literally took me like three go I thought you were going to get you know there's been some major update like multiplayer or something to threes no no it's literally an update on your three score cool
0: yeah that was it <laughs> quake 2 quake 2 on the switch i did buy it for about five pounds and you know what i don't know if my memory is very good or i didn't play quake 2 that much but i could barely remember any of the maps on quake 2 whereas when i played quake 1 on my switch i could remember loads of the maps and everything but um, both quake 1 and quake 2 fantastic remaster ports on the switch and that console is ideal for it and i did buy these before i bought my uh, steam deck by the way but they just port really well to the switch i think they're so well done um, and it's the ideal console for it because it's quite a simple game it's what 25 years old probably at this point um, would recommend to spend four or five quid and have a little bit of fun
1: fair enough What we'll do this week is we'll skip over the main show because we're having some technical problems behind the scenes involving thunder, lightning and uh, lack of internet. So let's just jump that and go straight into App of the Week. My App of the Week, I think I've mentioned before, but I didn't recommend it. I recommended X instead, which is a screenshot app. This week I'm recommending Shotter, S-H-O-T-T-R. It's free. It's open source and built entirely in Swift. It's a super fast screen, screenshotting app. You hold shift command two and you can annotate. You can do all sorts of developer things with it. What prompted this for me was CleanShot Pro actually wanting another 50 quid for another year's worth of service. So a subscription by Stealth, I don't begrudge on that. It's a great app, but Shorter is exactly what I'm using now and it's working out really well.
0: Yeah, I like it. It actually looks quite nice. I really like the clean interface on it. It looks very smart.
1: Yeah, it's really good. It's slightly different to if you're used to the internal Mac screen capture thing where you do Shift-Command-4, drag a box around the bit of the screen you want, and it saves it immediately to the desktop. This pops up a little grid of icons inside of your capture, and you need to click Copy or Edit on it. So it's just a slight realignment of your way of thinking, but it works really well. I'm really impressed.
0: And I do love that the save icon is still a floppy disk drive 25 years after the Mac lost a floppy disk drive.
1: It's fantastic. Thing of the week.
0: No, that's good. Uh, Yeah, for me, I've actually gone with Richard Osman's new book, The Last Devil to Die, which only came out last Thursday, but I've read it already and I really enjoyed it. So if anybody's read uh, any of his books in the series, I would recommend the fourth book. It's very good. Fair enough. I think we can call that a show, Chris. I think that's it. So apologies for our technical issues this week, but if anybody wants to get into contact with us, Rod is at g5maniac at maston.scott. I am at underscore CJP at maston.social or you can drop us an email at wake from sleep at protonmail.com.
1: Talk to you next week, Chris. Cheers, Rob.